Welcome into No Pun Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo. Joining me as always, Joshua Hudson, Ryan Weesey. Thank God neither of you are hosting because for the record, I have never blacklisted Michelle. I would never do that. I absolutely adore Michelle. So just need to make that correction. Okay. For the record, intros are hard. It's not hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's not hard. I I skip past the intro because I'm like, oh, I don't need to hear this, right? It's easy. And then I'm a minute in and I hear people giving you shit about the intro. I'm like, all right, let me rewind here. Uh, Michelle, welcome. For some reason, the first time on this show. How are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. I will say intros are hard. I have to do the intros for the Ball Blast podcast, and I always stumble on them, and my co-host, aka my wife, uh, always makes fun of me. <laughs> well, wow. What's funny is for the DFS show I do during the season where I host, we don't really do an intro. So that goes like, I mean, we do an intro, but not like the whole break it up, chop it, hit buttons in the middle of it. And so that goes really smooth for me and I have absolutely no issues. But then you put me here where I have to like fucking concentrate and hit things in the middle of me talking. Did not go well. It's not hard. (laughs) It's really not hard. Look, I I just think as a celebrity status, there's really two things you got to see, right? The excited fans and the haters it's really hard to balance both but you just got to ignore the haters and welcome in welcome in the fans Uh, i definitely have those haters so i have that going yeah hey i mean is the hater your younger brother because that's really tough for me personally my my father is my biggest critic i get a like a page long text review from him after every episode of the podcast. And he's telling me what I was wrong about. And wow. very rarely he gives me any credit of being like, yeah, I'm on page with you. So my dad is my biggest critic. So you were, you were prepared for the Twitter shit that you catch repeatedly oh, yeah. early. Nobody in can you hurt knew. me. My father, <laughs> I love nobody it. can hurt me. Michelle, I am offended to be your father after listening to this latest <laughs> podcast. How could you say X, Y, and Z about Team A? I don't. I, I imagine that's the text message. Oh yeah, it, it could be brutal. But He's it's like, written this guy's in like a bum. old English. How dare you like him? Like, oh my awesome. goodness, Dad. Aggressive, very yeah. aggressive. I had, anybody else have uh, mommy daddy issues? Anybody? <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> just, just, Apparently, just this Michelle. is a therapy session yeah. today. Hi, Michelle, <laughs> I'm not sure my parents know how to work YouTube, so it's working out great for me. <laughs> Ryan, thank God, because they would have yeah. been real disappointed in your performance last week. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First team we're going to talk about Philadelphia Eagles, break it down into the Steelers, and then ending with, I believe that's they're the first playoff team that we'll touch on, right? The Patriots are the Eagles and the Steelers both make it too. They all made team. it. They all made it. Okay, so this is the first playoff round. Uh, I forget all three of these teams had a very forgettable postseason performance. The only reason I remember the Patriots is because I watched them. All right. Eagles. It says W right underneath their name. Is that just because they had a winning record, Josh? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing good about this team. But they were 9-8 and last year. Uh, Same coach, same offensive coordinator. You could have fooled me. I had no clue who their offensive coordinator was last year. Um, upside, Josh, you got Gainwell. Ryan, you got Devonta, Devonta Smoth. I don't know who that is, but in the show sheet, it's Devonta Smoth. I really hope that Devonta Smith makes an appearance. Maybe we'll talk about him a little later, but Devonta Smoth has Ryan's biggest upside. The biggest Great. trap, A.J. Brown. I'm going to go on a wild guess and say ADP. And you both can just aggressively nod your head at that reasoning. 
Um, and we'll get into Michelle's here. So there's one player on this team that you have to leave your draft with. You're saying uh, the quarterback-running back duo of Jalen Hurts. Why do you like him so much? Listen, I've been on this Jalen Hurts train since last offseason. Screaming at people to take him. He is my boy. I, I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to take such a big step forward next year in terms of NFL quarterback, but he doesn't even really need to do that for fantasy because last year, as an average to below average at times quarterback, yeah. he still was the quarterback six in fantasy points per game. That's unbelievable. That's his first season as a starter. He only scored 16 passing touchdowns, and he still finished as a quarterback six in points per game. He had eight touchdowns called back as well. Can we talk about how absurd that is? When you go through the other quarterbacks of the Herberts, the Allens, the Tom Brady's, they all had zero to one touchdowns called back last year. <laughs> Jalen Hurts had eight. Just absolutely wild. So you would expect his passing touchdowns to increase with A.J. Brown. Second year for Devonta Smith. Dallas Goddard is just a beast of a tight end when he's actually used. And his offensive line is truly one of the best in the league. I expect this to be a really nice second year as a starter for Jalen Hurts. And I, I, I think he actually does become a very good NFL quarterback as well. And they give him that contract after the season. Michelle knows I, we're on the east on side, side of Pennsylvania, Michelle. right? Not yes. on the west side of Pennsylvania right now. I just <laughs> want to make sure we're talking about the same team here, not the Steelers. The I Eagles. really uh, – this is a perfect episode for me because after the Steelers, I'll be rooting for the Eagles next year. They're my second favorite go. team right now. Elation. This is unbelievable. I think, okay. Are they the only team in the NFL returning their entire offensive line group, something like that? Like it's big cohesion there. It's going to be a really good group. So, I mean, it's I think – I'm excited. I think the Pats are. But oh. they're adding in. Uh, they're adding in. I thought uh, they lost a couple players to did Shaq Mason. The start for them last year because they traded him for nothing. I thought he was gone already last year. I have this whole year's a blur. When we lost <laughs> Shaq Mason, I have no idea. I know Shaq Mason gone. I thought he was gone two years ago. But I, Michelle hit on the point I wanted to hit on is just that you have to expect more passing touchdowns. Um, I didn't even know the amazing stat about how many he had called back, but. You figure A.J. Brown's bringing six in with him regardless, and 16 is such a low number to where you expect him just to get up into the 20s on moderate improvement. And if it's a great improvement, he's going to take the world by storm and has a really good chance at top five, top one quarterback type season in fantasy. If that great offensive line I mean, for holding, he was easily the most consistent. I mean, he was one of the most consistent quarterbacks. Yeah, most QB one weeks in terms of fantasy. Let me, I'll, I'll put it that way. But yeah, one of the, I think he had what fourteen out of sixteen QB one weeks or something along those lines. Like it, his consistency as a QB one was it was up there. And there was I, one point that, really deep into the year that he never scored fewer than twenty fantasy points. It just yeah, like kept yeah. happening. He didn't have a super high ceiling from week to week. But his consistency was there, and you know, like with his rushing ability, there will be high ceiling games next season with a, a better supporting cast. And, and as long as he keeps pulling all the Miles Sanders touchdowns, he's gold. So there you go. Well, and he's one of the first guys with QB one upside that you don't have to draft in the first five rounds because everybody else right now has that top sixty ADP, and he's just outside. He's sixty ninth overall QB eight or QB nine. Nice. It's, I knew it was coming. I was like, son of a bitch. I walked right into this. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but regardless, um, it's, it's nice to be able to pick your quarterback there, you know, in the 
fantasy industry, most analysts will tell you avoid quarterback is for as long as you possibly can. But the fifth, sixth round is where you can sort of reach for an elite quarterback. And if you go back and look at like industry mock drafts, that's usually what happens. Hertz is the kind of guy that you could get in the late fifth, early sixth round that has that QB one upside. I'm really curious to see six to nine. Oh, go ahead. I'm curious to see how many pass attempts per game that we we see increase with Jalen Hurts. Because again, you make you make this trade to go get AJ Brown. You spend the first round pick on Devonta Freeman. He now has three quality passing options when you include Dallas Goddard. This team was slinging it in the first half of the season. They just didn't have the guys that could actually catch the football. Now they do. So I'm really curious to see if they keep that same mentality or if they still keep the ground and pound and then just like, you know, use the wide receivers as they need them because they know they're going to be efficient with catching the football. As a collective unit, we can't seem to get Devonta Smith's name correct tonight because Josh just called him Devonta Freeman, who has not garnered <laughs> a first round pick since 2014. Um, oh, man. I'm Ryan so said Devonta Smoth. And I don't. Sorry, Michelle I'm continuing my trend from once. Monday shows where I can't pronounce any names correctly. Yeah. So there's that. So. <laughs> you pronounced the name perfectly. You, yeah, just, you just had the wrong guy. The I think I said it correctly, one. but I never know if it's Devante or Devonta. So it's I think we're all saying okay. So at least I, I said it correctly. Yeah, Devon, Devonta me. Smith. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, player you're most avoiding. It's Miles Sanders. It, touchdowns, right? Well, he, I mean, no, he that's, told us that's, to. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Touchdowns, right? It, it's not only touchdowns. It's his receiving work as well. Um, like, he, yeah, he's a good running back on the ground with the breakaway speed, but he's has very bad efficiency as a pass catcher just overall. His yards per reception, his catch rate, and then plus he's a terrible pass blocker, and that's why they can't really allow him to be on the field and a lot of these situations where you're like, why aren't they using Miles Sanders more? It's like, well, they need to be able to trust that the running back can block if they need him to. He received a 46 PFF pass blocking grade in 2021. Oof. Gainwell, on the other hand, Ga- Kenneth Gainwell, their rookie running back last season, received a 76 pass blocking grade. I, it, it, like, it does matter. They're not going to allow him on the field in these passing down situations if he can't pass block. So I think that's his biggest issue when it comes to fantasy. Question, I'm if right I told you the, the pro football focus ranked number two wide receiver in the NFL is currently not employed, what would you tell me? You'd be like, oh, my God, that's crazy, right? First and it's, foremost, he is employed. He is employed. Okay. It depends on the snaps that he had. Of course, sample uh, sizes matter. Okay. Uh, Deontay Harris, the electric Hardy. punt returner. Hardy now. And he is on the Saints. Yeah. He never yeah. left. Oh. You would have never known. You would have never known. Here's here's the thing with Joe. Joe buys into PFF grading when When it it backs up his point. Yeah, Yeah. outside of that, he doesn't care. I mean, it's a it's a very small sample size. Harris had one year. Let's see if his PFF grade stays the same. And it was a small amount of targets. So I'm not going to like run with that. But that is saying maybe if he ever gets more targets, he could be pretty good. But. But it's the same concept when people try to say that Tony Pollard can, can be a reliable running back, even though he sees a fraction of the touches that Ezekiel Elliott does. And well, carries terrible. All I was going to point out is when it comes to blocking, what other metrics specifically for running backs are we going to use? 
right? Oh, so. yeah. No, I just, anytime anyone brings up pro football focus, you know, my mind immediately yeah, goes. goes to your boy, Deontay. De- Deontay, second of 111. <laughs> he might not even be 111 of 111 in the NFL. That's really You know tough. you're allowed to put like a minimum, right? You could just bring him out of there <laughs> yeah. pretty easily. No. Like whoever whoever no. did that should have been like, hold on a second. We <laughs> but like Our- right on that same page, you can hit minimum, like, you know, no. 50, 60 targets they, to get just They the good said people. it. They, you know how they have on Sunday Night Football, they have it under yeah. the name, like, you know, PFF, this of, of their position. It said it on Sunday Night Football. So the bold, true. The bold graphics guy from NBC to put that on there. Just what a bold situation for him. Oh, tough. But in two years... It, do we do we do blast off because ball blast is that is that what exactly we oh this, my this God, is what I'm I so try to do the, these last points I try to to cater it to the guest and you know so I, I wanted to have a little fun with it <laughs> haven't been on the show in two weeks wasn't sure if we just added that in or this is this is specific to the week all right you have Kenneth Gainwell will blast off and become a top five option at the running back position specifically um how bold do you feel about this take? Yeah, I mean, top five was pretty hard for you guys to ask me to answer. Yeah, this I was type of say, question. I thought you wrote I, that. I, had and to, I, was like, I wanted to make shit. it bold. Well, okay. I wanted to make it bold. Bo- you know. Bold. I will say, the guy that Kenneth Gainwell, I, I comped him to, was Austin Eckler. And this was okay. before he was even drafted. And then he goes to the Eagles with... Uh, Shane Steichen, their OC, where he worked with the Chargers, with Austin Eckler. And then Nick Sirianni had Naheem Hines, where he loved to use him as well in the passing games. So if Kenneth Gainwell is even part Austin Eckler and part Naheem Hines, like somewhere in the middle there, I I think he will do really well just this year. And maybe it'll take another year or so, like it took Austin Eckler to really break out. But I do expect big things out of Gainwell. Gainwell last year saw 10.7% of the Eagles team targets last season as a rookie. Only wow. Najee Harris had a higher team target rate among rookie quarter, uh, rookie running backs in 2020 or 2021 in each of the last two seasons. So Gainwell was being used in the passing game. We obviously need to see his carries um, increase a little bit. But like I said, I, I think Gainwell is going to be the one on this field come important passing situations. And Miles Sanders is going to be on that bench. That's why I have Gainwell as my upside play. I, like I was going through and doing my Eagles projections and just because of the passing work that I expect Gainwell to get. I mean, you hit it on the head, Michelle. He's a good pass blocker. He's going to be on the field in these types of situations. And if if Hertz decides not to run the ball and dump it off, that's going to be Gainwell's game right there. And he had 50 targets last year. So, you know, we, we and we've seen Sanders' receiving work slowly diminish as well. Like you know, he's okay in the passing game, but he's not great. You mentioned he's a terrible blocker, so he's not getting on the field in those types of situations. And Gainwell scored touchdowns last year. Like, let's not forget that either. So, if Miles Sanders... I think he five rushing touchdowns. Uh, at the yeah. running back position, yeah. 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 And, yeah. So, I mean, outside of Boston Scott's inevitable, you know, two touchdown games each against the Giants, uh, Gainwell's going to be the touchdown guy. He's the one that finds the end zone because they're just not using Sanders in those situations. So Sanders has to break those long runs, which we know he's capable of doing. But again, it's will he? And I don't want to bank on 20, 30-yard touchdown runs when 
the opportunity for short touchdowns is there and they're not giving Sanders that those types of touches. So that's why I like Gainwell. I, I don't mind Sanders because I think even where he's going at his ADP, there, there's really not a ton of great options. But it, to me, it's like, well, instead of going running back, maybe pivot, find a, another wide receiver or, you know, reach. I don't want to say reach, but take that that upper echelon quarterback that might have slipped a couple rounds because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and I wanted to add in real quick here. People have this weird thing that like Boston Scott is their receiving running back, and maybe he was in the past. He had 16 targets last year. He yeah, played exactly. 16 games and had 16 <laughs> targets. Only three percent of the team's target share. He's not the receiving back. It's Kenneth Gainwell, nope. and it should only go up from here as he goes into his second year in his career. And what's interesting is Scott's going to be the threat to Sanders, not to Gainwell. Gainwell seems to be cementing his role. So Scott, because Scott is a favorite like handcuff option, but you're just waiting for Miles Sanders to get hurt when you should just be drafting Gainwell over all of them. But you brought up his ADP, and that's kind of where I'm bothered by Miles Sanders because when you say RB27, it's not that bad. He was the RB45 last year, so maybe people are seeing some sort of upside when he plays a full game of schedule. But what I looked was if you gave him five, the five games he missed last year, that would only bump him up to the RB 27. So you're drafting him at his ceiling for a guy who, when he gets those points, they're coming sporadically that you're never going to be able to predict. So you're putting boom and bust in your lineup every week. And it's just not worth it. You said it best go somewhere else with the pick and draft Kenneth Gainwell two rounds later or whatever it is at this point. So. What a perfect transition into the sleeper that I have because I was <laughs> fuck all on this team for sleepers. Um, and I literally put Miles Sanders because a starting running back at the RB3, I'm like, I don't know. And again, this is based off of my strategy of yeah. in a mock draft that Ryan and I are currently in. I took DeAndre Swift, Javonta Williams, and David Montgomery, one, two, three. So in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, well, I could get Miles Sanders as a fourth running back. In no way, shape, or form should he ever enter your starting lineup. But on the off chance, he's still a starting running back. It just felt bad that he was down there. I, I mean, know. it's interesting, though. I'm, I'm going to be real. He said it at the right time of year because the, the average fan is not paying attention right now. It's just us degenerates. But the guy straight up said, don't draft me in fantasy football. Like he's the way this offense works. I'm not going to see the volume to make you people happy was essentially what he said. And if he said that August 25th, I would have been real interested to see what happened to his ADP. But as of right now, it's not going to do much of anything, but it's going to be interesting to see how many people think like Joe and say, you know, he's the starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Why not take him here? And does that steadily start to creep up? To where you're drafting him past his ceiling which is obviously far worse so is anybody here just before i absolutely destroy this strategy is anybody a zero rb person michelle are you a zero rb person no i like to go with one early like a dominant guy and then i kind of wait on my rb2 yeah that's fine that's totally fine um hero rb strategy yeah hero rb that's totally fine though i think that's fine right right it is it is round five in an IDP league, might I add you, for me and Ryan, and Elijah Mitchell is in the fifth round. Yep. Running backs suck. They are terrible after, like, the fourth round. Please, just, if you want a hero RB, totally fine. 
if if your if one of your running backs gets hurt, you're fucked. You're literally fucked. There's no there's no other option for you because backup running backs in the NFL suck. Well, you're you're basing it off of the draft. My one defense of the zero RB strategy is you have to be super active early in the season on waivers because that's what saves you is getting Eli Mitchell last year where he had the top 20 potential and you were landing him off of waivers, you didn't have to pay draft capital for him. So if you're active, you you may not be as fucked as Joe is saying you are. <laughs> yeah, the reason why yeah, I fucked. do the the RB1, I like to have that one guy cemented just to have some yeah, safety there. I'm but saying, like yeah. last year, I, w- I won multiple leagues with Rashad Penny and Daryl Williams as my two running backs in my starting. And it's not even like those were – I had other guys that I could have started, but they were my best options. I'll say Penny. They were scoring and they're, <laughs> Penny yeah, was Penny unreal. was amazing. So you do have to just be very Active. consistent with – grabbing those running backs off waivers as soon as you can. Actually, Michelle, let me ask you this then, because this is a strategy and we talk about this a little bit on the mock draft show. And it's something that comes up every year with you playing that strategy. Do you blow a lot of fab and fab leagues on running backs early? Or do you try to save some for the end of the season for when Rashad Penny pops up in week 10? How do you handle your fab and leagues like that? I'm a little bit more conservative in the beginning. Like I missed out on Philip Lindsay. I didn't trust it a a few years ago when he had his breakout. I did. I put a, a bid in for Elijah Mitchell, but I wasn't as high as others, so I missed out on him. But I don't think having Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell helped you any more than saving it to get your Rashad Penny oh, later not. on. So I, I don't know. It always seems like there's these running backs that come along due to so many injuries later on in the season that matter more in the offenses that I'm willing to point. hold that a bit longer. If you're going to panic in week two and spend 100% of your fab on Elijah Mitchell – which we deserve to not make the playoffs (laughs) like do not panic it's week two your team's oh and one not to mention you're okay i would say not to mention after that same week cordero patterson was out there and not going for that much fab (laughs) ridiculous um my deep sleeper is zach pascal because it is still a crime he's not a wide receiver two on a team right now i firmly believe pascal can be a wide receiver two um I was Quez so Watkins. excited when he went there and then everything yeah. just went terribly yeah, for AJ Brown. Yeah. Hey, Quez Watkins might get hurt. Maybe he's not that good. We'll see. I mean, he's pretty electric getting down the field. Yeah, but so, he's not Zach and, Pascal. And... <laughs> he's no Zach <laughs> Pascal. <laughs> when you think about it. Okay. I don't know. Th- I was going to say, we cannot argue Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal yeah. on this show. <laughs> Eagles don't really have a sleeper. I think Kenneth Gainwell is probably your realistically yeah, your biggest 100%. sleeper. Yeah. Um, my IDP guy is Kazir White. He was a linebacker 11 last year on the Chargers. Um, you don't know him. You don't know him. Oh, he Ryan can cover, knows though. him. He can cover. He's also incredibly fast. And Alex Singleton in his position last year finished linebacker 20. So I think Kazir White is a later guy that you would be more than happy to grab. Ryan, don't take him from me in the mock draft. That I promise in. you he was my next pick. Like, I've just been Seriously? waiting this entire time. Yeah, that's are why you... when you put him on here, I was like, are you kidding me? Dickhead. Um, that's okay. I'm, I'm, wa- I'm waiting. I have, like, I have like five late-round linebackers I'm going to take. All right. Well, you know what? This is why Ryan and I are really good at IDP. This is great. Um, okay. Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-7-1. Yeah, ties. 
Hey, got him in the playoffs. That tie did. So uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, same head coach, good old Mikey T. Uh, same offensive coordinator, O Canada. Who who is this? I have no idea who this is. Um, Matt Canada. Matt Canada. <laughs> o Canada. That's what we're calling him today, guys. Okay. O Canada. Do you know you know Canada Day was July first? I only knew that because we had two Canadians on our team and they didn't shut up about it. So um, that was fun. Play with the most fantasy upside. We lost on the 4th of July and I put the kid from Canada on the losing score graphic just to fuck with him. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. Oh, it was so funny. It was so funny. It was so funny. It was great. It was the American flag was in the background, so it was fine. Um, Play with the most fantasy upside. Chase Claypool. Josh, real bold of you to say that. Um... Even bolder, Ryan says Mitchell Trubisky. He's the only one with a bad ADP. What a bold strategy, team. sir. I've never heard upside and Trubisky in the same sentence since the NFL draft. <laughs> Their ADPs are very accurate for the Steelers. I guess. Very accurate. I guess. Uh, biggest trap. Josh says the Muth, Pat Fryer Muth. And Ryan correctly says Chase Claypool. So, yeah. Yes. Wow, I am so glad when everyone just disagree- disagrees with Josh because it is just so That's heavily funny. dumb. His ADP is not that. bad. It's wide receiver 44. According That's to where he deserves code. to be. Yeah, his ADP is not bad. Yeah. He's bad. That's the issue. <laughs> yes. He's bad. And, and you can agree with that. Two straight years over 100 targets. So I They mean, threw the they, football they 700 times with a broken man. What do you mean? They're not going to do that with Kenny Pickett. Well, I mean, it was either him or I agree. You, or you throw to Ray Ray McLeod, which nobody wanted either. So hey, there's no, hey. there's no. Exactly. I will not stand for this Ray Ray McLeod <laughs> slander right now. I mean, okay? at the end of the day, what you're really hoping for with Claypool, you're hoping for a pop in touchdowns like his rookie year, and at wide receiver 44, I think that's well worth the price to pay at that that point. If he gets eight touchdowns, he's going to end up being a, a wide receiver three, and he's going to pay back his ADP. Oh, man. You know what I just realized? We haven't played my favorite game. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we haven't even played my favorite game. Michelle, you don't even know the game because this is your first time. Yeah, we uh, It's a game we invented on this show. It's called Would You Rather. Um, brand new. You probably never played it before <laughs> in your life. Um, Albert, you are a great fan of the show. That's a chase play cool chase claypool quote ah yeah right. Joe, i Fantastic. figured you wouldn't have seen that yet so oh thank god okay all right this is uh this is good this is this is a good little this is a good discussion so we take the adp of the player in question chase claypool and we basically ask who would you rather have right it's a very simple game it's incredible nobody had thought of it until three years ago when we made up when we made it up on this show chase claypool is wide receiver 44 as aforementioned we are going to talk about the guys from 40 to 44 because they are all within the overall draft position of 10 spots of each other so they're all going in this in the back half everybody is taking wide receivers in that range yes everyone's taking receivers in this range so i will start with 40 which i i don't know how i feel about this but would you rather michelle i'll start with you would you rather drake london or chase claypool and we'll say as a flex option as your third or fourth year. guy. Yeah, third or fourth um, guy, Drake London or Chase Claypool? I'll go Drake London. It's close, okay. though. Ryan? Not close, Drake London. Josh? <laughs> I would go Claypool. 
Again, Man. bold of you to say that. Drake London. Sucks um, I mean, you guys, I, I hate both of these guys. Uh, Brandon Ayuk or Chase Claypool? Michelle. I'm going Ayuk, for sure. Ryan. This was the one I didn't want to answer, but probably Ayuk. Josh. I think I would go Ayuk as well. Who's the who's the third receiver in San Francisco? I'll take him over Brandon Ayuk. I don't know who it is, but Danny I'll take Danny Gray, baby. Who? Danny Gray, SMU, you son of a bitch. Oh, oh my god. That, that's a smash hit. That's a smash hit. Any receiver from SMU elite. Um I I hate this game. Brandon Ayuk. I hate this game. Um Traylon Burks or Chase Claypool? Michelle. Oh my goodness, these are hard. Uh, I mean, the, the, the news coming out about Burks lately isn't fantastic, but I'm still gonna go with the upside of Burks taking over the AJ Brown role, no matter what that turns out to be. I'll take the upside of that over Claypool. I'll, I, I'll give my reasoning as to why I'm down on Claypool once we're done with this game. Okay. Yeah, Rian. I don't know if it's asthma or out of shape or what it is, but I'll still take Traylon Burks. Dude, he's been he's been chasing too many hogs. What what can we say? Obviously. Josh, I'm gonna go Claypool. I I don't know. Way to stick Honestly. to your guns. Yeah, I mean I'm not. I mean of these guys in this range, I think there's maybe one that I have currently above Claypool. And I'm gonna assume it's the next guy. Would you rather Christian Kirk or Chase Claypool, Michelle? Oh, God. I'll take Claypool there. <laughs> I'll take hey. Kirk. Ryan, okay, Kirk, Josh? No, I have Claypool above Kirk. It's just such a bold strategy you decide to take and being wrong every single year. I will take Christian Kirk. Um, yeah, okay. And that That's why I wanted, I wanted to segue into this because uh, we don't need to talk about Deontay Johnson. He's going to have 225 targets this year, so we don't really need to worry about that. Because that's Michelle's. Don't leave this. Don't leave your draft without this guy. Uh, and you've heard enough of Deontay Johnson the last two and a half years on this podcast. You don't need to worry <laughs> about that. Player most avoiding is Chase Claypool. Michelle, why are you down on the Notre Dame prospect? Because we all know Notre Dame creates the most elite NFL players. Listen, it's a lot like last off season when Kenny Kenny Galladay went to the Giants. I was saying, I don't really care where he fell in the drafts. I probably wasn't going to pick him. It was going to have to be a drastic fall in whatever draft I was in because he and Daniel Jones could not be a worst match. It's like you choose a guy that excels at contested catches but doesn't really separate, and you put him with a guy who – it's Daniel Jones. He needs a guy to be open. He's not going to throw that ball into a tight window and complete that thing. Like he's never going to trust himself a and B when he does, it's a disaster. So it's like, how did you guys, how did the giants think that was a good match? <laughs> now it's kind of different with the Steelers. Well, like they're not going to choose their quarterback based off of what chase Claypool excels at. Like you have better <laughs> wide receivers there. They drafted two guys as well that both know how to get open, but chase Claypool is a contested catch guy. He's not really great at it there either i just don't think he's a very special wide receiver his rookie season i saw more flashes i really did he looked better but this second year i don't know if he got in his head or what but he was it wasn't just ben he was bad he was honestly bad i watched every snap of his and it was just i i saw nothing special out of him and he was he was he was a headache now you add in Mitch Trubisky, who I do. I think he'll be the starting quarterback all season long for the Steelers. And Mitch Trubisky, although I do think he'll be better with the Steelers, I still am not going to consider him 
a quarterback that's going to be good throwing tight window passes. He was no. terrible at it in Chicago from 2016 to 2020. His passer rating was 42.1 throwing into a tight window, which was less than one yard of separation. That means the only quarterbacks worse: Brock Osweiler, Sam Darnold, Eli Manning, and Phillip Rivers during that time. It, it's not a pretty pairing. I, I don't, I don't see it working out whatsoever. Maybe he can get a bunch of touchdowns, but I think those will go to Pat Fryermuth. So no. No, thank you. What a what a tough like twelve hours here for top three picks. Uh, Baker Mayfield traded for dog shit. Sam Darnold traded for dog shit and just brought down in this conversation to be worse than Mitchell Trubisky. And the Mitchell Trubisky is just roped in with Sam Darnold, which automatically makes him worse. I do is- think Trubisky will be decent this year. I really do, but I still I, I think he'll be decent with guys like Deontay Johnson and Calvin Austin and George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth, not with a guy that cannot separate in Chase Claypool. Josh. Yeah. Oh, unless Ryan yes. wants to continue dogging on him, we'll continue with the dogging. Oh, but... oh no, I was just going to defend my Mitch Trubisky take that you hated so much. He's being drafted as the QB thirty three. Obviously oh, he's yeah. not an option in single QB leagues. But in a super flex or two QB league, you should try to get Mitch Trubisky because I agree with Michelle. He's likely the starter of this entire season. There are weapons all over this offense. He's going to perform better than some backup. He's not the QB 33. So that that's my defense of why he's my upside. There can be nothing but upside if he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He and Carson Wentz have like the same fantasy points per game uh, in their career. So... Uh, not a maybe not career. Maybe it was since I don't know which year it was. Yeah, I Joe, you that. love Carson Wentz. I, I think Mitch Trubisky outproduces as Carson Wentz this year in fantasy. I really I'm do. pretty sure Carson Wentz's sister was just at a Larks game, so I don't know if I'm contractually obligated to say nice things about Carson Wentz. She'll find but you. What? What? She'll find you. She'll find I mean, she knows where I work, <laughs> so exactly. I'm very public. Um, Josh, just you know, I don't know. Do you re- do you want to defend Chase Claypool? Is it just there because it's the ADP? No, I mean the ADP definitely plays into it. But like I said, I mean he he's shown that he has touchdown upside. Uh, the big thing with Firemuth, he does as well, and I get it. But Claypool's upside, they're going to use him in this like you know end around type role that they've used toward around the end zone. So he has the rushing TD upside as well. And anytime you can throw rushing touchdowns with a wide receiver, it's the same thing with a quarterback that's going to elevate their floor in fantasy. So he's Claypool is their deep guy. He's the one that's going 20 plus yards down the field. You know, Trubisky's not the best deep ball thrower, but he has enough arm strength and he can get it down there. He's averaged over 15 yards per reception. That's what you want to see. I understand he's probably not the best contested catch guy, but again, if he's got the speed to outrun some of these guys, he may not have to actually contest as many catches as he would have with a weaker armed Big Ben at his age. Fair. I, I guess my issue is, you know, we talk about his rookie year touchdown, but four of those touchdowns came in one game. And so you can't expect big bursts like that unless they're playing Philly every week. And so my concern and, is he averages And he's about, lined up at the tight end position. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he he's averaging about a touchdown every three games. So you maybe can bump him up to five, six, if you're lucky, that's only adding three touchdowns to his total last year. I just, I don't see it. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I do expect the targets to go down a little. I mean, obviously, this isn't going to be a team that's going to throw 600 pass attempts. They've done that three of the last four years. Trubisky's never averaged more than 34.4 pass attempts per game. Three of those four years when they were over 600, they were well above 39 pass attempts per game. That's just not going to happen this year, which makes me a smidge worrisome when it comes to Deontay Johnson because – He's consistently over 140, 150, 100, you know, 169 targets last year. So, we, hold on a second. What you want to see? Shake, well, I say I, I, saw I, I know. Shake her head. So yeah, I want I her to defend Deontay Johnson to you because that's the most meta shit that. Can I said it makes me a little meta. worried. A little. <laughs> I'm not worried about it because I think his efficiency is going to increase so much. He is an elite route runner. He just really, truly is one of the best in the NFL at it. And yeah, he had so many targets, but even if those decrease a little bit, which I still think he's the clear cut wide receiver one on this team. And Allen Robinson has had close to 150 targets with Mitch Trubisky before. So I think he's in that same role. Well, like the reason why, Deontay Johnson struggled with efficiency last year. It wasn't due to his abilities. It's because Big Ben could not have been worse. Like the quarterback play could not go down from last year. Big Ben's time to throw was the lowest in the league, which is not a good thing because you're allowing no time for the plays to develop, no time for routes to be run, which is Deontay Johnson's strongest skill set. And they did no play action because Ben was 9,000 years old and can't move. And so, like, the offense was beyond obvious. There was nothing open. Like, everything Deontay did had to be in this little tiny area, and the defense is right there. So, yeah, he might not get as many targets, but I think just the offense in general will have way more space to work. He can do it before the catch and then also after the catch when you have at least a couple feet to work with. Yeah, he was sixth in the league last year in yards after the catch. So, I mean, he can, he can separate, he can get down the field. It, it, I, I want to see him get closer to, or even exceed like his rookie year yards per reception. And that really has been his career high so far. It's 11 and a half yards per reception, which still isn't even great when you lump him in with like the elite of the elite wide receivers in fantasy. Like, I don't know that he's going to see 10 plus touchdowns. And I, I really want to see him above 12 yards per reception because I think that's what's ultimately going to keep him in that, you know, top seven, top eight range. If the target share decreases or just simply because of the total pass attempts. Cause yeah, for him I, to I just reach... remember the game with Mason Rudolph, he then averaged like 18 yards per reception. Yeah. I mean, it's such a small sample size, but he can like, he yeah, could absolutely. be a deep threat. Yeah. He could be used anywhere on the field. So yeah, I agree with you. I need to see his yards per reception go up, even though like the quarterback situation isn't great, but I need to see his yards per reception go up to like 13 plus is what I really want to see. So I'm with mm-hmm. you there. What's his, what's the Vegas line on over under on drops for him? Cause I'll fly there right now and smash <laughs> the over because it's Dude, going he over. He was fine. That was a 2020 year, so. thing. His drop rate was like lower than most of all of the elite wide receivers last year. His drop rate was actually pretty low compared to the rest of the league. I think he still had double digit drops. No, no, not last not year. Last year. Not last year. Okay. No, well, that was the year before. And only people think that because it was in he, his biggest drop game was in prime time. So yep. then everyone just held on to it. It was like a three game span where he really oh, yeah. sucked with drops. And then he had a the 5.3% drop percentage last year. Rollo. I, I don't even know if that's good or not. It sounds bad. Well, good. he only had six drops compared to 14. Joe, oh, you okay. don't Great. Joe, you don't want to know who led the NFL in drops last year. It was Jamar Chase. Tied with Hunter Renfro. Keenan, 
Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> what was, yeah, drops what was aren't the... concerned when it comes to fantasy football. It's like oh. all the best fantasy football guys have like the highest drops. Who was the, who, what was the number? Nine. Oh, uh, nobody had double to... digit? Really? Yeah, I mean, drops are such a arbitrary... That's interesting. Stat yeah, it's also so. yeah, it is also up to the stats person exactly if it's a drop or not. Yeah, that is interesting. Okay, um, real quick, two years, George Pickens, top five. How bold is it? Go ahead. I mean, it's super bold, right? Yeah, it's just... Josh, what the fuck did you do to Michelle? This yeah, is I mean, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to compare it like with positions because like oh, top ten at tight end is kind of blah, top ten at quarterback kind of blah. Well, you could have like, changed it for position. But... Well, I didn't know which positions you were gonna choose. I mean, I didn't really have any options here, right? Like Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky are not going to be top five quarterbacks don't know. ever for fantasy. You don't know. <laughs> Najee Harris you already was, so I can't choose him. Deontay Johnson is too obvious. So it's like, try to go a little bit deeper here. Now, the thing with George Pickens is he should, he could very likely be taking over the wide receiver one role for the Steelers come 2023. Deontay Johnson's due his contract. And it, from the latest rumors, it doesn't seem like he's going to get what he wants. So he could very likely walk next season, next offseason. And then that wide receiver one role is completely open. And I've already discussed, I don't think Chase Claypool can be in that role, but George Pickens <laughs> has the skill set to be a wide receiver one for a team and to be a really good one. If he can keep his head on straight and keep it, stay healthy. Do I honestly think he's going to be a top five wide receiver in this league anytime soon? No, but I do think top 12 could be in his uh, career. And that's why he's my sleeper. Woo. Um, there's nobody else to choose from, folks. I was going to say, do you actually like him this year? Because I have concerns for 2022. I just don't know that the pie is going to be big enough unless he puts Claypool out of a job right away. So that's why I was I was interested to hear your story on that. So. Yeah, here's my, here's my bullet note. Uh, he has to be the sleeper by default. Uh, Najee and Deontay Harris go where they should go, which is inside of the top 12 yeah. and in the first few rounds. Uh, Chase Claypool is a walking pile of dog shit and can't play football. So, yeah, um, it's not Benny Snell. Um, I don't know what you want from me here. I don't think Pickens goes off this year, but there is. I would not be shocked if he runs Chase Claypool out of a job. He, he definitely could. Let me, let me tell you how much tape I've watched on George Pickens. A full uh, whatever they played on the highlight reel when he was drafted. That's Boom. about how much of George Pickens I've watched. Um, and that's all I need to watch because he went to Georgia and not Notre Dame. That's all I give a shit about. You, you physically cannot name me one good skill position player to come out of Notre Dame since with fucking Joe Montana, right? Who was that to play with Rudy? Montana? You literally can't name a single one. <laughs> you can't name a single one, dude. You can't. Cole fucking Komet is the is the cornerstone of Notre Dame right now. The Jerome cornerstone. Yeah, Jerome Bettis. Bettis. Okay, fine. Jerome Bettis. Great. Thank Mahid, you for the Mahid 19. When was he drafted? 1996. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> you know what? Congratulations, Notre Dame. The last time you produced an NFL player was when the Cowboys. We're actually no, relevant. they produce good defenders. Uh, didn't Harrison Smith go there? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, good skill saying. position players. I'm not worried about the fat guys. I'm not worried about the safeties. Harrison Smith is not fat. Okay. No, I said safeties. Okay. Let me I'll finish my what? sentence. Let me finish my sentence. 
No, I love I Harrison Smith should go down. This might be bold. He should go down as one of the best, if not the best, safeties of his generation. That might be bold. Okay, I got one for you. I got a, a Notre Dame skill player. Ooh, okay. Do Golden it. Tate. I love Ooh. Golden Tate. I love Golden Tate. I, I can't hate on Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate's in, incredible. There you go. Chase Claypool next Golden Tate. Not even close. Joe first. <laughs> not even close. Dude, that's not even, <laughs> not even the same class. Oh, and Carrington says, Manti Teo, don't forget about that great product. Notre Dame is a ah, joke. His girlfriend was better. Oh. Yeah. Girlfriend's about as good as Chase Claypool. My IDP stash <laughs> is Miles Jack. I don't know because my top bullet point says he's never had guys like Cam Hayward and TJ Watt in front of him. Which basically means he's never had anybody to take attention away from him like those two guys will. Um, Hayward is older, but still, I'm pretty sure he finished as like a top five defensive lineman in fantasy football last year. It's kind of nuts. He's fantastic. Um, Larry Ogunjobi is also not a slouch. He will also, their their entire front four that's going to be constantly rushing the passer is going to take up so much of the offensive line's attention that I like that that frees up Miles Jack. My worry is he's also playing with Devin Bush and Alex Highsmith. Bush is faster than Miles Jack and could steal his tackles. Jack will play in the middle, and Bush will probably play weak side. Um, I don't know. I think Miles Jack has the most upside out of the obvious TJ Watts and Cam Hayward. You don't think it's Alex Highsmith? I, I don't. I, I just Miles Jack has been consistently a very underrated linebacker he will he will miss tackles like 100 percent. he gets overexcited uh blows past his assignment sometimes because he doesn't break down but he now goes to a team with very good defensive pedigree in their recent and very long history as well so i think there should be something there and i think him playing the middle should help if they move him to weak side that scares me Whoever plays the middle is probably the linebacker to go and get. This is more of a, if you're playing in a one linebacker league or a one IDP league, you're not drafting Miles Jack at all. But you're probably going to pick him as your backup if you really just want to punt on the position because there are a lot of good linebackers. And I think Jack, just overall, you're going to play in a really in a division with three really freaking good offenses. Yeah. And you're going to see Lamar Jackson twice a year. You're going to see Joe Mixon twice a year. You'll see a mobile, maybe Deshaun Watson twice a year. If not, you're going to see Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like, there's going to be a lot, a lot of tackles of, to be made, a lot of ground and pound for him to take advantage of, and he's going to have nobody blocking him because there's going to be two guys on T.J. Watt. They're going to need help on Cam Hayward, and ultimately Ogan Joby probably be one on one at that point. So that leaves nobody. I mean, it leaves him up against a running back or a tight end, and I would take Miles Jack in that matchup. Anybody before we move on? Yeah, you're right. Why? Why well, is everybody? Defense. I, Come on, no. Oh well, Josh, no one cares. Um, also, <laughs> you say you say um, I'm fucking with a Majuk's time. I gave her the most time on the Steelers. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> what do you mean? I just I just meant that where she's gonna miss out on an entire team because you're rambling about Miles. Jack. I gave her the most time on the Steelers. <laughs> Jeez. The Patriots right. suck, anyways. Dude, facts. <laughs> oh my God. have you seen our receiving core we could all start on that team um 
All right, uh, we're, uh, this is painful to say. Our first double-digit win team of 2021. That's painful to say. The yeah. New England Patriots. It only took months. <laughs> it, yeah, it only took months. Um, same coach, you know, that guy, been there a while. Yeah. New offensive, they don't have an offensive coordinator. Nope. It's just, what a what a strategy. It goes to show how much Josh McDaniels really fucking did for this team. Um, he didn't make the offense. He just called really shitty plays for the offense. Um, play with the most fantasy upside, Josh. You have Ramondre Stevenson, Ryan, you have Jacoby Myers. I put a stamp of approval on both of those guys. Uh, biggest draft, Josh, you have Damian Harris. I'm going to assume for the fantasy upside. Ryan, you all, uh, I'm sorry, not fantasy upside, the receiving upside. Duh, fantasy upside. Ryan, you also say Damian Harris. He won't repeat, but his RB2880 P still makes him a value. You yeah. said that. I say, um, I, there's no real trap, but if you go into Damian Harris thinking you're going to get what you got last year, no, you're probably going to be disappointed, but you're not drafting him like that. So who gives a shit? Yeah. Your drafting would probably be your third guy. Maybe your number yeah. two if you're if you're um hero RB or you just like to wait on RBs for a little bit. Um, Michelle, there's one player you have to leave your draft with. Well, damn, it is Damian Harris. Um, <laughs> to be fair, there's nobody I need to leave my draft with from <laughs> the Patriots. Michelle. But I had to answer the question. That, that's so, why I start this question with if. Yeah. We should have spent more time on the Steelers. So <laughs> no, but if I have to take a Patriots guy, it would be Damian Harris. I mean, no, do I expect him to get 15 rushing touchdowns? No, but 100%. he should still be the guy near the goal line. So getting, and I don't think this offense is going to be bad overall. I just think there's too many guys that are meh and they'll all get their their snaps and they'll all get their yards and their targets and the carries uh but they'll still score points mac jones i actually really like him as a quarterback not for fantasy but oh. nfl quarterback um so i i still think 10 rushing touchdowns is very doable yeah. now we know he's not going to get receiving work but i do have him getting 250 rush attempts he's good on the ground and he put that with 10 touchdowns that's a very viable rb2 now late later rb2 but he is kind of perfect if you go with a guy with high upside like Austin Eckler as your RB1 in round one, and then you take a bunch of wide receivers or maybe grab your quarterback or your tight end somewhere in there uh, and then grab Damian Harris as RB2. Is he going to win you any games? No, not really. Yes. But he will be consistent. <laughs> and he was an RB2 in 53% of his games or RB2 or RB1 in 66% of his games. So I, I'm fine with him as an RB2. Just you know, put another guys around him with higher upside and you'll be fine. What's funny is I was going back through and looking, someone had put out their tweet about their best ball exposure on underdog right now. And I went back and just looked at mine. I have Damian Harris on a hundred percent of my rosters because he's just always there. And I'm like, it's what you said about Miles Sanders, Joe, but it's actually true is he's a yeah. starting running back this late. Why the hell am I not going to take him? And because he seems like the worst best ball player of all time. <laughs> well, th there's that too, but I do tend to lean not so much hero running back, but definitely not as in a, re a typical redraft league, I go heavy on running back. But I also, Michelle, you brought up, I'll grab my running back in the first round, but I'm an early tight end guy, especially in best ball. So where if I can get Kelsey and then Kelsey and Pitts and things like that, when you're just playing around with draft order, I'll do that and then just be happy to grab Damian Harris down the road. So. Totally fair. Heck yeah. All right. You are most avoiding Mr. Hunter Henry. Why is that? I mean, last year, a, the dude has never had more than 652 receiving yards, and it's now been 
six NFL seasons, I guess five really that he played. But last year with a team that had really no wide receivers, I didn't add a whole ton. I, I like her enough. Tyquan Thornton, who who knows what a random pick. But even last year, he only had 75 targets, 50 receptions, 603 yards. Like I don't see why this would increase going into this year. There's no really reason for this increase. And then his re- receiver touchdown could definitely decrease. He had nine. That's a lot. That's a lot for Henry. So I, I'm just avoiding him. There's no part of me that wants him. There's just no upside there. That's fair. I'm, I say, yeah, it's kind of my thoughts, like with Friar Muth, like you're banking on touchdowns. That, the that exact was same thing with Hunter Henry. I'm just, oh, Michelle, Michelle has frozen. Oh, we lost her. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, see, was... I thought that was mean because of the thunderstorms. I, I thought it was me what, too. And oh, I'm what's like... funny is I thought I heard the thunder just now. I thought that was her, and that's how we lost her. <laughs> so... Look at just look at this beautiful <laughs> smile, though. <laughs> I think. Well, what's funny is I think I don't know if she was about to defend Friar Muth or go in on him, and now I'm like, sorry super guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're she, good. She lives. You're sorry, there. I didn't. I didn't hear. I just thought you guys were being dead silent to me after Hunter Henry. Oh, <laughs> just so just why you weren't speaking. But uh, can you can you hear me now? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes, yes, and you're unfrozen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Sorry. Did you hear my whole Hunter Henry argument? Or You got everything. Yes. 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 You got everything. Okay, cool. I was going to say, I am targeting Hunter Henry because I'm a guy that doesn't take a tight end to like the 14th round. Yeah. So I'm okay with the Hunter Henry because odds are I'm probably going to stream a tight end at some point anyways. And I like yeah. Hunter Henry because... Week one touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, he's look, free in fantasy drafts. Look, so. I, I was one for two on what I said about the tight ends last year. Uh, Hunter Henry will play the Gronk role and uh, in the red zone, and Jonu Smith will play the Aaron Hernandez role in between the 20s. And um, that I was right on Hunter Henry for the red zone threat. Um, Jonu Smith just apparently doesn't want to play football anymore, so that's really killing me. I need him to step up. But in two years... I was, I was actually going to ask, like, what are everybody's thoughts of, like, a, a Jonu bounce back like i feel like a shut lot up. of us kind nope. of felt shut that up he would be really what is there a bounce back to he's never done anything I mean, in his entire career like what are we talking about talk johnny about smith bounce back i don't want to talk about it he's the there last is none. he's never had more than 450 receiving he once had eight touchdowns in, in a year johnny to the moon Hold on, hold on. Oh this he's the he's the last fantasy tight end with ADP oh, on oh, fantasy pros right. Oh, now. here's here's how we're gonna end Michelle's time on no pun intended before okay. she has to leave to go do her own podcast. Ready? We're gonna play a little Would You Rather with Jonu Smith, the tight end thirty eight overall three hundred and fifty seven. He's being drafted in the 36th round of a 10-team league. Those don't exist. There's no 36th round. There's not even... You could double the amount of rounds in a traditional ESPN 10-team draft, and you'd still have six more rounds before you would even draft Jonu Smith. This is where we're at with this guy, and I'm very excited. Okay, here we go. Would you rather Jonu Smith or... And I cannot stress this enough. A guy being drafted five rounds ahead of him 
but this is the closest comparison we have. Would you rather Ricky Seals Jones of the New York Giants or Jonu Smith? This is a real question, I Michelle. Say, I Ricky Seals Jones. That is unbelievable, Ryan. Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> Josh. Ricky Seals Jones. It's got guys. Come on. I mean, John John o. Smith. It has to be John o. Smith. Would you rather Tyler Conklin of the New York Jets or John o. Smith, Michelle? Tyler Conklin. He's leading right now. He's going to be starting over CJ Uzama. Ryan. Give me Conklin. Josh. Yeah, I think I would take Conklin too. I will seed Conklin in this argument. I will seed right. Conklin. Now, this fucking guy, I have no clue who this is. Would you rather Jonu Smith or Greg Dolchich of the yeah. Denver Broncos? He's their rookie, second round rookie, but yeah. you wouldn't think he's going to get too much playing time. But if Albert O goes down, then Greg Dolchich should do way better with Russell Wilson, you would think, even though he's not a big tight end guy. But I would probably go with the upside if I had to take him. In a 36-round draft, I would take Greg Dolchich. I can't even say his name over Johnny Smith. Ryan. The reports on Dolchich are actually not bad. I would take Dolchich. (laughs) Josh. I think I'd probably roll Johnny, but I I agree with Michelle that at this point you would be chasing upside, and Dolchich probably has it over over Johnny. So let me let me let me tell you. Yeah, this is this is unbelievable. Um a full 16 games of Greg Dolchich might see the same amount of playing time as Jonu Smith will just this season, considering he'll only play like three games. So, in all essence, they're getting the same amount of snap time. I'm just going to go Jonu Smith. Would you rather Dan Arnold of the Jacksonville Jaguars nope, or Jonu Smith? Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. You can say a lot of tight ends, and I'm going to still say Dan Arnold. That is my boy. I love that man. Dan okay. Arnold for life. Ryan. I'm going to get a Dan Arnold tattoo. I'm not as into Dan Arnold as Michelle, but I really do like Dan Arnold. So, yes, Dan Arnold. Josh. Uh, I think I would roll Dan Arnold here, too, just because I know Doug Peterson and how he runs an offense. Everyone's excited about Evan Ingram. Get out of here. It's not Evan Ingram time. It's Dan Arnold time. They pay well, I disagree Ingram. with that. It is Evan Ingram time, but no, it's not. Dan Arnold they, over Jonu Smith. <laughs> they, they paid Evan Ingram $1 million per every per drop, drop that he'll have this year. So um, I'll also take Dan Arnold. they're getting their money's worth. So. Now, look, look. Ricky Seals-Jones, Greg Dolchich, even Taysom Hill. Disrespectful, I think, to have over Jonu Smith. This is the most disrespectful. Would you rather... The unemployed Jared Cook, who is currently being taken <laughs> 10 spots ahead of Jonu Smith. You did it. How? You found it. The the unemployed Jared Cook, who might be 65 years old and could be eligible for retirement. Or Jonu Smith. Michelle. I cannot stress this enough. Jared Cook is unemployed. I cannot stress that enough. Okay, but what if the Saints sign him back? Oh, my God. Or Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, there could be a team that, t- you know, signs him, and then I would rather Jared Cook than Johnny. So I'm going for the upside in case Jared Cook gets signed. And if he doesn't, then I'll just drop him, and anyone off waivers is better than Johnny Smith. Jared Cook sucks. Give me Johnny Smith. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Josh. 
I, I also would take Janu here. <laughs> I probably would take Janu. I'm just messing you around. But liar! If Jared Cook signed <laughs> with the Buccaneers or Saints, we would easily all take Jared Cook at 45 years old over Janu Smith. No lie. I just, I think it's, it's just so disrespectful. He's unemployed and still being taken before. Johnu Smith. I mean, Gronk's being taken in front of a lot of people. He was all by himself at tight end in in Tennessee, and he still couldn't put up over 450 receiving yards. Now he has Hunter Henry. Oh, my goodness. I keep putting Hunter Renfro and Hunter Henry together. Now he has Henry in front of him. We saw last year Mac Jones clearly prefers Hunter Henry. What is the upside? You get 450 yards from him. Woo! You have to guess the one good game he had. Jared Cook is unemployed. (laughs) What do you mean? The the upside, Michelle, let me tell you the upside. He has a job. He has a fucking job. Maybe not for long. You never know. You don't know how long. Would you be surprised if Janu Smith? Well, I don't know what his contract looks like. I know it was pretty. Bad. I was gonna say, I think he's he's pretty well locked That's in. It's like yeah, four years, like fifty six million dollars. Right. He's locked lot. in. They, be, they better hope say, there's an out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he'll he'll have a job. Oh uh, well. On that note, uh, I can I know the lasting impression of this show is that Michelle would rather an unemployed Jared Cook over Janu Smith, and I think that's what we're gonna remember <laughs> for all times. <laughs> Michelle, thank you for coming on. We Thank appreciate you. you. Uh, oh, any, this is fun. Any last words before you depart us before we wrap up here? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed my content, you can find my podcast along with my wife, Kate Majuk, and our co-host, Jake Trowbridge. We have a fantasy football podcast called Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Ball Blast is one word. If you type in two into Google, weird things come up. So just do one yeah. word, ball blast, fantasy football. Uh, but you'll find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. But yeah, come come join us. We're a fun time. Yeah. And if you want to give her shit on Twitter, you can't hurt her. So feel yeah, free. Literally. <laughs> literally. My Twitter handle is right here, ball blast them. Ball so blast them. Three of the least entertaining people in in the fantasy sports. Industry. Oh my god, whatever. The, the yeah, the the Majuks and Jake Trowbridge. You just really couldn't get any less funny than the three of them. When you when you think about it, you really it can't get worse. It helps so. when we get some alcohol in us. That's for sure. Oh, I bet. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Michelle, thank you very much. As witnessed by so the Expo last year, I agree yes. with that sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I had a far too many drinks at the Expo. All we right, all guys. did. Trust me. Michelle, have a wonderful night. Thank, thank you, Michelle. So it was fantastic. We'll see you in Canton. See you later. Bye. Uh, oh my God. That was so much fun. Great show. Fuck right. Johnny Smith. Yeah. Fuck Johnny Smith. All right. <laughs> let's wrap up here. Uh, the two years Michelle has uh, Ramondre Stevenson or Pierre Strong Jr. Uh, I can probably piggyback off of those two. Ramondre Stevenson, I is my sleeper. I think he, yeah. I honestly don't take Damian Harris. Take the guy going 10 spots later in Ramondre Stevenson. I, I like this, him a lot. Though. And this is what I find really interesting. Damian Harris isn't much of a receiving back. Ramondre Stevenson, yeah, when it came, has a higher receiving grade than Ramondre Stevenson. That's crazy. So I'm really curious. Yeah. Really curious to see how these two work because I feel like the third back on the depth chart is ultimately going to be their receiving guy. But Ramondre Stevenson had the seventh highest elusive rating per pro football focus. He was top 15 in yards per contact per attempt or yards after contact per attempt. The guy is a truck. 
and really is a better pure runner than Damian Harris. And I think it's pretty telling that Damian's now entering his contract year and they spent a draft pick on Pierre Pierre Strong before giving him a contract extension. We could very well see Stevenson ascending to that top spot, not only this year, but then taking it next year. So the Pierre Strong pick doesn't surprise me because I, I read background on him. He's going to replace James White. Exactly. That, that's what he's going to do. And the camp reports are all over that right now that he's learning from White and that he could end up supplanting him this year already. And, so. and you want to know what Belichick did in the fourth round of 2014? He took James White. Yeah. So it's unsurprising that, that, that that's exactly what's happening. I would not be surprised if they let Harris walk and just keep Stevenson because Stevenson will have two more years being a fourth-round pick. Obviously, Harris, like you said, in a contract year. I think Stevenson is the better runner. I think he will... I think he offers more versatility. I think Damian Harris is... He is a good receiver, and he's good in open space, but Stevenson's hands, for some reason, like, they spread him out wide. He doesn't look like a guy that you would spread out wide, but he's elusive as hell. Incredible in open space, and... I mean, McDaniel said it best. He his feet are incredible. He is so quick and glides off people. I I think he's the goal line guy, honestly. And they could put either of them on the goal line, but I think he's the goal line guy. Um, and that's why you can't bank on those fifteen touchdowns again. So exactly. Uh, and also, uh, Stevenson did get hurt last year, but Damien Harris' history of injury throughout his whole career. I haven't went so, and looked at the uh, game comps, but he also had that early fumble, which tends to get you in the Belichick doghouse. So I imagine was, he was recovering yeah. from that too. So. It was week one. He fumbled week one, first game of his rookie year. Yeah. That yeah, was he didn't really play until week five. Yeah, he didn't play yeah. again until week yeah. five, which Benched is... Benched until week five. <laughs> which is, again, unsurprising of Bill Belichick, but now obviously he has the year under his belt and he's shown, hey, Bill, I'm pretty freaking good at my job so i don't know if it was injury but he fumbled again in week 15 and was benched for week 16 again that could be injury but regardless clearly and you you've kind of already said this as a rookie you have no leash now he's going to have at least have a smaller leash where he's not going to be completely yeah uh, what is it and and half of half of stevenson's games he had over a 72 pass block grade so he's he's actually a, a he's a fantastic solid pass blocker pass blocker as well as a as a running back. So he's a, so these are definitely things to to consider when truck. you're thinking well, about say, taking Harris in the top thirty on, at ADP versus Harris can block too Stevenson. though. Well, Harris I was gonna say and on that team, no, absolutely. And we talked about it going into when when Harris w- was drafted. I, I think this was before we added Ryan to the show. Harris Harris is a good back, but he doesn't do anything exceptionally well. He's just good. That's it. Stevenson, I think, has the potential to be great. Mm -hmm. See, I I don't know him that well. The one thing I was going to point out is I'm wondering, because so you mentioned how great of a pass blocker he was. I'm wondering if the big target volume we've seen out of Jacoby Myers is the absence of James White, because normally in those passing downs, it would be James White out there who is a very proficient pass catcher. So some of those targets would have went his way where now it's Stevenson, who's not as proficient. So he's actually staying in and blocking and not releasing thus Jacoby Myers. White would block and release. Yeah, exactly. Um, What I'm saying is Stevenson isn't, he's just blocking. I'm wondering if that's the case. You would know better than I. Yeah. I, 
the offense did change obviously without James White being in there, but they would spread James White out opposite whoever was the other receiver. Yeah. And that's where Stevenson would line up. So Stevenson seemed to be playing okay. that role. So they were doing a lot of they, it. Okay. They would spread Jakob Johnson out there too. Lord knows why. Um, <laughs> but they would do that with Stevenson. I think they're going to do that with Pierre Strong this year. If James White, uh, James White's still on the team. Yeah. They, but they brought him back. Like they, he took money to be on this team. So pa- Patriot for life. He'll retire at Patriot. Yeah. But the the Jacoby Myers getting more targets, I that doesn't bother me at all. You have Mac Jones one season under his belt. Julian Edelman and James White coexisted on the same team, and they were both. James White was an RB eight one year, and in the same year, I'm pretty sure Edelman was a top fifteen receiver in PPR. Yeah. They can coexist on the same team. Um, the only downside, like the taking away touchdowns from the tight ends, would be the biggest worry there. And they didn't really have a great running back that year, like on the ground. But I love Stevenson. I like Stevenson a lot. I think he could honestly probably sneak into the RB2. Um, and he is not even being drafted as a flex option right now. IDP stash. This is in a tackle-heavy and pressure-heavy league. Christian Barmore was ridiculous the second half of last year. His stats don't really show it. But in terms of quarterback pressures and disruption... He was unbelievable. He was filling gaps. He was getting in the backfield. He was doing everything he should do. And it's not surprising. He was a second-round big guy from Alabama. Bill does a really good job of hitting on second-round defensive players as long as they don't play in the secondary. Drafted Jamie Collins was a fantastic option for them while he was here. Um, Donta Hightower was a back end of the first round. Christian Barmer was an early uh, early second round. He does well with these big guys in these beginning rounds or so. The Are they going to bring Hightower back, Joe? I need to know. I have him on a league right now. Did a, they bring Hightower back? They um, haven't yet. I'm asking you if they're going to. <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I Hightower should retire. He has okay. had too many injuries. I don't think they bring him back. But okay. yeah, they brought they brought in Mac Wilson. They traded for him. Now, gr- granted, that's strong side linebacker. Um, and Hightower normally played weak side, even though they have Judon listed there. They brought in Raquan McMillan and Mac and Mac Wilson. I don't think I don't think Hightower is coming I back. I'm on I think like a forty man roster full IDP league, and I'm just trying to decide if I should cut him or not. I would cut him. He's done. Uh, in, in even if he's not done, he'll get injured two games in. Um, if they okay. bring him back, it's a legacy thing. He won't. He, there's no Appreciate reason to keep him. Cool. Uh, but I I, I love Barmore. Honestly, it's, it's going to be another second round uh, guy in the front seven that Bill will hit on. Kyle Duggar is also a guy, but every IDP guy, when they focus on the Patriots, have been talking about Kyle Duggar, and I don't want to beat the same drum because Kyle Duggar lines up as the safety linebacker position that Patrick Chung lined up in, and he does it better than Patrick Chung because it can actually cover, and he has better hands, so... I didn't want to focus on him. I don't want to focus on Judon. These are guys everybody focuses on. No one's no one's going to tell you about Christian Barmore. And it's very specific leagues. No one will tell you about him. If you need a nose tackle, specifically, Christian Barmore should be probably at the top of your list. I was going to say, he would only be someone you're looking at in a D-tackle league. In a, in a D-tackle or a nose okay. tackle position. On the defensive line, if you're in a pressure-heavy or tackle-heavy league... Christian Barmore is a great option if you're in a deeper league. But yes, in D-tackle specific leagues, Christian Barmore it should be a guy you look at. He's learning from Lawrence Guy. They brought in Devon Godshaw last year, and Devon Godshaw has not seen the field because Christian That's Barmore is that good. Yeah. 
No, no playing time at all. I love Christian Barmer. I think he's going to be great. All right. Uh, we will once again thank Michelle for joining us, even though she has departed yeah. 10 minutes She's ago. Great. We love Michelle. Um, look inside in full swing. There are a lot of player features, friends. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the most recent one, Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can go check that out. And then Devonta great Smith. Great write-up by Austin, by the way. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. I haven't read it, but I just imagine it's amazing. Um, oh, Austin, it is. Let me let me tell you right now. Glowing endorsement. Yeah, let me. Tell Austin, let me tell you right now. That is nothing against you. That is the fact that I took the afternoon off today because I had not had a day off in like thirty days. So yeah. I was just. You're what you're, dude. You're welcome. You're welcome, Austin. I don't even need to read it. I don't even need to read it to know how good you are, man. I don't even need to read it. You're so good. No, Austin's fantastic. By the um, way, Austin, my new co-host on Mock It Like It's Hot, moving forward from Monday. So, yeet. Um, and that, uh, yep, you took that away. Um, oh, I didn't know it was in here. I didn't it was literally it. the next thing, but uh, the co-host <laughs> was incorrect. So get ready for your 2022 fantasy drafts with Ryan and Austin by Mock Drafting. Uh, they had Tyler Hernandez of Dynasty Nerds on Monday's show. Uh, they did best ball mock drafts, so if you want to check yep. that out. New to best ball, go check that out. You can kind of get your feet wet. Next week, uh, Joe is not ditching you. He has to celebrate the 150th anniversary of Bismarck, baby. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, you're ditching us because you're not going to be here with us. So No, I'm not ditching, ditching you. I have, to go, I have to go celebrate my city's birthday. Bismarck, North Dakota. Yeah, you're a true North Dakota. And, uh, I am proud to be from North Dakota. <laughs> I am proud to live in this state that is the least visited and least tourist state in the entire nation. Second in oil production, which is why we have some of the lowest gas prices. Four forty nine is still a lot, but let me tell you, nothing compared to California. Let me tell you, um, it has dropped thirty cents this week, and I am elated. You have no idea. Um, and next week we'll talk about the Raiders, Cardinals, and Cowboys. TBD joins the show back again. TBD. Love TBD. We love TBD. Always a good show. And Austin, yes, I have to, mostly because it's my job and there's a game. So I do have to do that. I am the on-field host. I can't exactly miss a game. Um, I literally couldn't speak on Sunday night and had to go on vocal rest. So that was that was a lot of fun. I don't Chill know. went on the IR. I, I, did, I, went, I, went on the, I went on the 12-hour IR. I literally didn't say a word. I didn't speak uh, until game time. So Best, best 12 hours of Maggie's life. Dude, she was asleep the whole time. I don't know. She was asleep the whole time. I get, by, the I get, first, by the first time she got a good rest. I get home at midnight, dude. I get home at midnight. Um, but we're going to end the show with a special raffle giveaway. In honor of Pride Month, coming to a close. Uh, yeah, this is the first show after we have ended Pride Month. Yep. At Club Fantasy, we want to show our love to the LGBTQ plus community. You forgot the plus there, Joshua. Uh, oh, we're raffling sorry. off a signed J.K. Dobbins. Revon's jersey in the last week raised three hundred forty-five dollars, and Josh, who is the winner? Oh, the ever so lucky spin to win. We gave a fan free LASIK, and we used one of these spin wheels, and it gave me PTSD <laughs> Great, just a know? tiny little bit. So <laughs> I couldn't read the number on the on the scoreboard. I'm like, what? I'm like, scoreboard operator, please help me. Um, oh! No way. Kelly was so close. Uh, <laughs> to Ariel Mondlock. Oh, Ariel. That would be at Trash Sandwiches on Twitter. Ariel, trash Sandwiches? So yes. 
Yeah. What a she's name. Really, she's a good follow on Twitter. She's a lot of fun. She writes with uh, our friends over at In Between Media. Uh, Ariel, thank you so much for your donations. And uh, we will definitely be in touch because I am sending you a signed J.K. Dobbins Ravens jersey. Uh, you're funny. Okay, that's a, that's a great name. That's a fantastic name. Trash I mean, sandwiches. <laughs> that's such, such a good name. I, me- I immediately thought of the Rocket City Trash Pandas, the minor league baseball team. Yeah. I w- immediately went to there. So Trash Sandwiches, great name. Winner, Ariel, congratulations, and thank you to everybody that donated all of that. Um, we'll be going to the Trevor Project, correct, Josh? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I'll be going to the Trevor I'm Project. I'm sorry. My internet's really not great with these thunderstorms. So yeah, I just roll it out of here. Yeah, we're fine. You know, if you lived yeah. in the beautiful state of North Dakota, you wouldn't have to worry about these Floridian thunderstorms. Beautiful, sunny, yeah, and then 75. I'd be in a parka 365 days a year, and I ain't about all nope, that. So Because it's 75 and sunny. All right, four. The one Hudsonian, the Fantasy Five, and myself at Joe underscore Zolo. You can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Always remember, defense wins championships. Offense wins fantasy football. We will see you next week as we cover the Raiders, Cardinals, and Cowboys. Without me, TBD will be replacing me as the extra person. Let's pray to God Josh or Ryan figures out how to host within the next seven days. And we'll all have a good time. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week.